0: Alrighty, Taylor, what the heck is going on with interest rates? I leave the market expects three Fed rate cuts. I believe they were starting in June. Now we talk to each other after seemingly only three weeks, and I'm hearing about six rate cuts. I'm hearing about March, possibly February. We got Bill Ackman talking about Q1. We have a 10-year going from roughly 5.1 to 42 30 year rates are crashing from 8.07 to 7.09. What is going on? I have no idea. My my mind is currently blown. Stop dropping
1: these knowledge bombs on me because uh <laughs> No, you're 100% right. The world has been turned on its head in the last 3 weeks since our last conversation and uh interest rates have been leading the charge to say the least. So, it's uh it's been a wild market. The movement in bonds has been just historic and all rights it really has been historic that's not an overused word there um we look back to again i guess it was probably four or five weeks ago uh you had a 10-year treasury north of five percent and it's back down at four and a quarter four two right now that is a magnificent movement
0: so help me understand what i missed the last three weeks as, as the audience knows i was on a river cruise having a good time I did do the daily work as most people would expect, but I wasn't in it as much. I did see that Jerome Powell on Friday, his um, he was more dovish than I guess I would have expected, but I didn't really. I was on vacation or I was on a trip, so I didn't really dig in. But that was Friday. But this started two or three weeks ago. What started two or three weeks ago that ultimately uh, you know culminated in Powell being dovish on Friday? Yeah, I
1: think this, so obviously inverse relationship between bond prices and interest rates. So mm-hmm. interest rates are coming down, bond prices are running. This started simultaneously to the Fed's last meeting. So that's right. been the time okay. frame that we're looking at where the market was shocked by Jerome Powell's tenor in the meeting. And admittedly, we talked last time before you left, this had started. And I said, listen, I, I don't think he was nearly as dubbish as the market has perceived him to be. Oh, but nonetheless, that. yeah. that's what started this. And then what yeah. happened, I think is, The reality is I think that hedge funds and big institutional managers were very short bonds. They were outright short bonds, thinking interest rates were going to continue to go up. And that was their first indication where the market sentiment totally shifted and they go, oh boy, now we have to reverse our short position and just go out and start getting long bonds as quickly as possible, which drove prices higher, drove interest rates meaningfully, meaningfully lower. And there is data, it's not easy to find that support that theory. Um, and and the other thing I said and, and and we talked about this a while back is that going into year end, kind of a couple things happen. What you see is these big institutional managers open up their books and they realize at year end I'm going to have to show my own what I own inside this portfolio to everybody. So what they've done is they had massive cash positions. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of these managers are sitting on 20% cash. The last thing you want to do at the end of the year. Is show massive cash position when stocks have boomed higher. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. simultaneously, what they see is this start to movement downward and in interest rates and bond prices higher. And they're like, let's go out and buy stocks and bonds hand over fist mm-hmm. to get it off, to get that cash off our balance sheet on year end.
0: Yeah, I think I remember right before I left, Bill Ackman reversed his trade on the 10 year. So do you think there was a lot of copycats? I'm assuming that happens on Wall Street all the time. When somebody puts on a big position, shares it, they like it. They, it kind of just becomes its own thing. And then I think he called it off right before I left. He's like, hey, I'm out. I'm taking my chips off the table. Do you think that was really what we saw behind the data? I think there was something to that.
1: No doubt about it. You say a big named face like that coming out and saying, listen, I was very short. Bonds. And now I'm flipping that position and I'm going to actually get long bonds. So, yeah, I think that – I don't know that that was the catalyst that drove the whole thing. But if you start to see people pile on, it's a a sentiment momentum game. And you can't be on the other side of it as bond prices rip higher – yields come screaming down people are like hey I was in the wrong direction on this trade I'm going to flip that trade really quickly and not right. just not get beaten up but participate in this massive bond rally that we've had you see you know the bond aggregate so not just looking at treasuries but the broad investment aggregate so the S&P 500 of bonds which is the Bloomberg Barclays index is up 6% Since our last Fed meeting, which was just over a month ago, that is a massive, massive movement in bonds. That doesn't happen. That happens in stocks. That doesn't happen in bonds.
0: Yeah. So looking at all of this, realizing that maybe it was a lot of people being short that will kind of help participate in the in the prices going lower and and yields rising. Is it fair to say, as just a novice kind of viewer from the outside, that we may have seen peak 10-year rates for I don't know, the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to break my arm patting myself on the back right now. But you asked me where bond prices would be probably five or six weeks ago. And at the time, the 10-year was at like four seven, four eight, And I Mm -hmm. said, listen, the trend right now is higher. And this is when Bill Ackman was short bonds. And I said, because five is such a pivotal point, I think we probably get to five but I think rates come screaming back down. And I didn't know that I thought it was gonna be this dramatic, but this was literally the conversation that we had. And this is playing yeah. out in spades. Um, I think that yes, for this cycle, it would be unlikely for us to get this massive pressure downwards and then have them revert back to 5% unless, 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 obviously, we get a really sour inflationary print. And that leads the Fed to say, uh-oh, This could be 1970s where we have this start stop type inflation. And that is Jerome Powell's absolute biggest fear. And I think rightfully so that the 1970s is something that we had three recessions in the 1970s. We had three different fed chairmen, three of them got or four, four total fed chairmen, three of them got fired and the federal funds rate because it wasn't prudently managed. And we thought we had inflation under control several times at the end. You know this, it went to 19% under Paul Volcker to control inflation. That is a scary, scary debacle. And you think about what culminated in that time frame to cause that to happen. And man, I'm not saying this is playing out, but the cards are are looking very similar. So what we had was an oil embargo that caused the massive spike in inflation. And if you look back, we took as the United States took Israel's side in a conflict. Now it was a little bit of a broader. Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. conflict. And what we did was we took their side and the Saudis said, we're not giving you guys oil. Mm -hmm. And so right now, I mean, over the weekend, some crazy moves happened with pirates, you know, attacking commercial ships, disrupting supply chains, and, you know, the rumor is that they are very well backed by Iran, who is a massive oil producer. Now, even if we do get some sort of oil embargo, which is very unlikely to begin with, we are much more oil dependent in the United States independent independent, independent independent in the United States than we were in the 1970s. But nonetheless, like this Middle Eastern flare-up is very reminiscent upon what caused a lot of the inflationary spiral that we had in the 1970s. Yeah, I
0: think it was the Yom Kippur War, if my memory serves. You're the correct. other thing I wanted to talk about. So the reason I went to you on the 10 year because I think you're right that's that was you're more you're more in the weeds than I am so I wanted to get validation. The other thing I look at as a real estate guy is the spread between the 10 year and the 30 year 30 when year I mortgage think, that is. Right? 30 year mortgage, sorry. 30 yep. year mortgage correct. Not 30 year bond, 30 year mortgage. And what I think we what we're seeing in the last couple of weeks is is belief that the Fed is done. I think that is the one thing that happened in the last two weeks when I try to piece together You know, the last three weeks I've been gone is there's more and more people thinking that the Fed is done in this rate cycle, which means we can see a collapse or a squeezing of that spread. And right now, I think we've seen the spread come in from, it was over 300 basis points for seemingly all year. Yep. It's now under 285, I think. So not yep. a lot, but 5%. I think yep. that is something we're also going to see come in. So uh, we saw mortgage rates come down almost 100 basis points in three weeks. That is it's wild. It's wild. amazing.
1: It's amazing. And And that is, you know, good and bad. Obviously, that's good for folks that are out buying homes or even someone that wants to sell a home. Potentially, their family doesn't fit and buy a new home. But on the bad side, what does that do to inflation? Yeah, you know you have to think about that. On the other side of what Jerome Powell is trying to control right now, and if we get you know mortgage rates from over eight coming screaming down in short order, that makes more more homes affordable and more folks out there buying a new home, getting a mortgage, employing mortgage lenders, all of the underlying buying that's furniture, appliances, etc. That's an inflationary pressure that uh, that doesn't fall on deaf ears with the Fed.
0: Yeah, and then lastly, we'll kind of close it on this: the falling rates, the falling dollar has been really, really good to one particular investor. I will name her Kathy Wood. I don't know if you saw this, but Kathy Wood had a 31% print for the month of November. So we've given her a lot of grief. Let's give her a little bit of flowers. She was in the she was in the right space uh, at the right time for that one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt
1: about that. And what's really interesting right now is, generally, you don't see a massive moveward down on the back end of the yield curve, which is people starting to question, okay, what's going on from an economic strength perspective and simultaneously a massive rally in stocks going from everybody and their brother was fearing a recession a year ago and everybody and their brother right now is pricing in a soft landing. And that bond story and that stock story doesn't necessarily jive the way it should.
0: I couldn't agree more. Taylor, you put out a lot of great daily content. Where can
1: people find you? Yeah, thanks so much, Michael. We're on both Instagram and on TikTok. We're at Life Goal Investments. 60-second clips updating people every day.
0: Thank you, buddy.